Thanksgiving came and went, and USC is still looking for a defensive coordinator. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're going to watch this show on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, remember the show is free. And also remember, I really appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation if you are watching on YouTube. Become a subscriber. It's quick. It's easy. It's free. Just click that red subscriber button. When you see the thumbs up, smash it. Like it. Love it. It means a lot to the show. And I also don't want you to miss one episode. Click that bell notification and you're covered. This episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE and you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Yep, the bye week, it came and went. So did Thanksgiving. It, you know, Thanksgiving kind of jumped in there during the bye week. Maybe everybody was anticipating the new defensive coordinator being announced. Well, didn't happen. No news there. And then you continue with a long holiday weekend. You got to watch some, I think, what I thought was some really competitive, great rivalry games. And those kind of just passed on through the weekend. No defensive coordinator hiring for USC. And all of a sudden, the regular season is over. Just as quickly as USC season went by, poof, it's gone. It's done. All we got now, conference championship games, bowl game selections, early recruiting period. And hopefully, USC names their defensive coordinator sometime during that time span, right? It's correct. While we're recording this episode of Locked on USC, Coach Lincoln Riley, Athletic Director Jen Cohen, they are still searching for new defensive leadership. And to top off the weekend, in case that wasn't enough for you, USC men's hoops lost a last-second game to Oklahoma in the Rady's Children Invitational down in San Diego. Last-second tip-in. Somebody didn't block out a guy, and that's what happened. Anyways, fun game. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more hoops later, but not today. Today, we're, we're dedicating this episode to USC football. So, look, obviously the football 2023 season didn't go the way everybody anticipated. USC hoops lost a tough game there. So I, I know we want 2023 just to kind of come to an end. But before that can happen, USC's got a bowl game to prepare for. Lincoln Riley's got to name his new defensive coordinator and recruiting signing periods coming up. Got a lot to look forward to before the season ends, before this year ends. Now, last week, I know there was a strong rumor floating around, a lot of speculation that uh, former Wisconsin defensive coordinator, currently a defensive analyst for the University of Illinois, Jim Leonard was going to be announced at any moment. USC got their guy. They backed up the Brinks truck. It's just a matter of time, right? Well, if it was any moment, and that was at the beginning of last week, a whole week of moments went by. We're still waiting. Uh, some believe, and you know, this there was a rumor rampant running around out there. 
someone said, hey, Mark, did you hear this? That uh, USC and the Jim Leonard camp, they actually came to an agreement. However, there's always the however. Uh, because, some, you know, either Lincoln Riley or, or somebody at USC wanted to keep one or two guys around who are on the current defensive staff around. Uh, USC and Jim Leonard's camp came to an impasse. So money was okay, but they couldn't, you know, make the uh, come to come to the decision that let's keep these guys around, even though you want to hire your own staff. Look, I have no idea if that's true. I, you know, I can understand how that could be the deciding factor if the money was acceptable. I just, I don't think that was the case. I'm not going to speculate on rumor. So. Right now, you're watching the show. USC does not have a defensive coordinator. Everybody still wants Jim Leonard to be the guy. Whether or not that's that's the case, I don't know. Nobody knows anything. And if anybody's telling you they know something, they're lying. Nobody knows anything. Now, if you were holding out hope for Baylor's head coach, Dave Aranda, well, he got his one-year vote of confidence from Baylor despite finishing on a th- uh, finishing his fifth year or his fourth season, going three and nine. So I don't think he's on the list going forward. Now, while Dave Aranda might not be available, there is another, well, he's now a former head coach who can put his name on the list, Tom Allen, Indiana's head coach. He's a defensive guy. He knows the big conference landscape. He uh, found himself available this weekend when he found out that he is no longer the head coach of Indiana. Here's the question. Does he know how to recruit Californians, Southern California specifically? We know that he was able to convince Stephen Carr, running back for USC, to transfer there for one year. Um, but uh, other than that, does he, you know, what's his presence? What kind of California presence does he have on his roster? Well, I checked. In 2023, he had five guys on the roster that were from California. Three on offense and two defensive backs. And you're saying, well, okay, how did his defense do this year? They gave up 30 points per game. So at this point, I don't know if Tom Allen should be high on USC's list. Not saying he couldn't get the job done, but when you're looking to check off certain boxes, 30 points per game. Yeah, USC did that this year on their own. Uh, does he have recruiting chops in California? It doesn't really look like it. So maybe he's not the right guy for this time. I know another guy high on the list would be Iowa's defensive coordinator, Phil Parker. Well, he's got one more week to uh, get his team ready for Michigan. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Michigan knocked off Ohio State. Iowa is playing in the Big Ten Conference Championship game. I think Phil, Phil Parker would be an amazing hire, but can USC afford to wait much longer for him? And then what, what happens if they are somehow able to pull off the upset? Beat Michigan. That means, because I don't think Iowa's going to the playoffs, <laughs> Um. He's going to probably stay with that Hawkeye program all the way through New Year's Day and those bowl games. USC can't afford to wait that long. 
And I haven't heard anything with regards to Parker and having any interest in the USC job. So as much as he would probably be the next guy on the list, I just don't see it happening. I'd love to be wrong. I haven't heard anything that hasn't already been mentioned before. Look, unless you know someone who is part of the hiring process or a part of Lincoln Riley's inner sanctum, no one knows diddly. I told you last week how this is going to go down. Someone's agent or someone in the new defensive coordinators circle, they're going to leak the information to a national you know, publication. And that's how we're going to find out. If it was a done deal already, I think we'd already be hearing little bits and pieces starting to flow. Recruits might be leaking stuff out. None of that's happening. So let's hope this week stuff starts leaking, now, uh, especially now that more options are going to be available. Uh, the season's over, you know, save for the conference championship games and the postseason. Uh, I, I think you're going to have, you're going to start hearing more names start to uh, come to the surface. Again, everybody wants Jim Leonard to be the guy. But, you know, if his end game, if his goal is to get to the NFL, are you willing to take it for one year? Can he turn around USC's defense in one year and make them competitive? Because they're going right back to the right back to the, the to the blackboard again at this point next year. Now that the uh, you know new defense, it's it's not that. Look, even if USC said, "Hey, we're announcing our defensive coordinator today, tomorrow, whenever that you're watching this episode." It's not like he's going to be involved in USC's bowl preparation. Uh, especially because the Pac-12's first two bowl games, they start in like just a little over two weeks. December 3rd, the bowls will be officially announced. That's next weekend. December 16th, USC has been considered for the LA Bowl, the Rob, the Rob Gronkowski Bowl, whatever you're calling that thing. They would be matched up against a Mountain West team. It's going to be the winner of Boise State versus UNLV. The next bowl game, same date, Big 12 versus a Pac-12. The Independence, well, it used to be the Independence Bowl. It's now called the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl down in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's also on December 16th. The next Pac-12 bowl game is one week later, the Las Vegas Bowl, 12. December 23rd. So unless there's a way to get USC and Oklahoma bowling together, I see bowl prep and the naming of the defensive coordinator happening within a really short period of time. And it's probably going to be this week. When? I don't know. We'll find out together. Trojan fans, stop stressing out trying to get tickets. Download the Game Time app. It's really easy. They have these killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So that way you can actually stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Trojan fans, if you're still on the bandwagon and you're considering going to a bowl game, this is where you need to go. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You're going to get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and a whole lot more. 
The game time guarantee means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same sections and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy, and you're going to know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And it's fast, it's quick, it's easy, it's two taps, and you're done. And they're going to send the tickets directly to your phone. You don't have to go digging through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download the GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts on Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Got a question. Because this is something that's coming up as we approach recruiting and the transfer portal opening up. When I say recruiting, I'm talking about the early signing period, right around the corner, December 20th. Does USC need another scholarship quarterback on its roster? In other words, will Riley use a roster spot for a quarterback through the transfer portal because they're not bringing anybody in in this recruiting class through the high school ranks? He's already got three guys. You've got Miller Moss, you've got the you've got Malachi Nelson, and you have Jake Jensen, who originally was a scholar. He was at Brigham Young. If Lincoln Riley decides to go out and grab a starting level quarterback out of the transfer portal, what does that say about Miller Moss and Malachi Nelson? Look, if I'm Miller, I'm finding somewhere else to play. I'm done. I mean, I've I've done my my duty. I've stuck around. I mean, how many times, if you're Miller Moss, are you gonna gonna hear your head coach say, "I trust my guy." Going to I I'd go to battle with him, but then you really don't get the chance to prove it. And if you're Malachi Nelson, the so-called heir apparent to Caleb Williams, I kind of want to know what's up too. If you're going out and getting a another quarterback to transfer in. Look, I don't think anybody expected Malachi to play in 2023. I mean, he he was Miller's backup, <laughs> and even Miller didn't get a didn't get a didn't get the anticipated reps that I think uh, he should have received this season. One because of how USC's defense performed, and I think two because USC could not put teams away offensively. You know when they were playing. Arizona State, Colorado, to a lesser extent, Arizona. I mean, look, as it turns out, Arizona turns out to be a really good team. Uh, they were just beginning to find out who they were uh, when USC played them at the Coliseum. Arizona's a nine-win team, and they're more than likely a 10-win team if uh, their head coach, Jed Fish, didn't blink and went for two uh, when they were in L.A. when they had the chance. 
that said, uh, USC needs a lot this offseason. I don't think they need to start with another quarterback, though. But unless Lincoln Riley and the quarterbacks aren't on the same page, you might see him grabbing one out of the transfer portal. If I'm making the choice, if I'm in charge and I'm going to keep, you know, put this roster together for next season, I think I would probably just go ahead and roll with who I brought to the dam and, and use that roster spot for a fourth quarterback somewhere else on offense, a playmaker. And definitely I'm putting a starting left tackle at the top of my list. Well, well before I even consider quarterback. I mean, no offense to Jonah Monheim or, you know, freshman Elijah Page. Um, that freshman has a lot of upside and he needs to be challenged. And I think Jonah will even admit left tackle is not where he's being projected to play at the NFL level. So that's where I would start. And that's what we're talking about here in this segment. What does USC need in the transfer portal on offense? They don't need a quarterback, not in my opinion. What about a running back? You've got the two freshmen returning, Quentin Joyner and Marion Peterson. They're bringing in another talented Texas running back uh, in the 2024 class, Brian Jackson. You've got Darwin Barlow and Marshawn Lloyd. They still have another year of eligibility left. Austin Jones, unfortunately, does not. He's moving on. I'll tell you what, Darwin Barlow, I think, he, I said the same thing with Miller Moss, he's paid his dues. He's been the the consummate team player, uh, not just on the field, off the field as well. And as much as I would hate it, he probably needs more playing time and should probably find it elsewhere. I, I think at this point, if he was going to be getting a lot of reps, he's been with Lincoln Riley now for two years. Didn't happen. I hate to see him go. Again, one of my favorite guys. Always got a smile on his face. Love that guy. Is Marshawn Lloyd, uh, is he ready for the NFL? Does, you know, is he, if he does stick around, does another year in college increase his draft stock? Probably not. And what I'm saying is, look, I, I know ball security was an issue for him this year. If he gets an invite to the uh, to any of these senior bowl games, you know, like the Reese's Senior Bowl, whatever, I would probably take it. Remember, he had a knee injury in college. As a running back, you have limited reps at the next level. It's probably time for Marshawn to, to, to see what he can do at the NFL level. Now, depending on how you want to read the wide receiver room, I don't know. At least for me, things are feeling a little weird over there. Rayleigh Brown, I think, is what? He's halfway out the door. Uh, Michael Jackson the third, he plays. Then he doesn't. It's always attributed to injury. Uh, what about Mario Williams? Uh, you know, that dude has just been an, an enigma wrapped up in a mystery since he's been at USC. And you, you wonder, is Brendan Rice or Taj Washington, do they want to come back? They've got another year available. If I'm Brendan Rice, I'm thinking my time is probably best now to, to head off to the NFL. Taj Washington, his, his draft stock had to have jumped. Can he make it jump anymore in one taking another year in college? 
I don't know. I'd bring up the tight end group, but there's already enough there in that room. And there's more youth on the way. And look, until Lincoln Riley is going to start using that group like he did when he was at Oklahoma, USC does not need a tight end out of the transfer portal. Not unless you're convincing Brock Bowers to come from Georgia. And I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> the offensive line is a position group where Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson need to hit home runs. If they're going to hit the transfer portal, that's where they need to hit them. <clears throat> Look, if, if we were hitting a baseball, in, the, in Major League Baseball, going one for three, that's great. But that's what USC hit in the transfer portal with their offensive linemen. Jared Kingston was the productive. You know, he was the one out of the three that they got that they hit. I guess to a lesser degree, you could say Emmanuel Prignon. Uh, but was he just being forced into, into duty because Gino Quinones went down with an injury and the freshmen behind him just were not ready? And I think everybody knows Michael Tarquin by the end of the year was, you know, he was a backup. He was brought in to be the starting, you know, one of the starting tackles, whether it was going to be on the left or the right-hand side. Kingston was the most consistent. And he looked better than, you know, Prion and, and Tarquin. And, and again, by the end of the year, you're thinking, all right, well, maybe, you know, Emmanuel being an assistant for another year, he'll look better next season, if possible. Where, where's your confidence level with Michael Tarquin? It, it's obvious Coach Riley and Coach Henson didn't feel great about him as the year went along. Otherwise, you don't bench senior transfers. This is what it comes down to. USC is going to need those five true freshmen they brought in with the 2023 class. They're going to need to make themselves ready this spring. And when I say make themselves ready this spring, show enough that they're going to be the guys come fall camp in 2024. Otherwise, uh, in order of needs this season, you got to hit the transfer portal and you got to go find a legitimate, ready to go, left tackle to take over that spot. And at the same time, you're going to challenge Elijah Pay. Give him someone to, you know, to learn from. Uh, you need a legitimate, a legitimate, ready to plug and play center, unless one of the 2023 freshmen or Killian O'Connor is ready to go. He ended up being the the backup late in the season. I think running back, depending on who returns, that's lower down on your priority list. A veteran wide receiver who that can maybe come in, take the pressure off some of these younger returning guys like, you know, Deuce Robinson, Zachariah Branch, Makai Lemon. Does Makai Lemon stay on the defensive side of the ball? That's a possibility. I'm going to focus on what the uh, what the needs are in the defensive transfer portal later this week. Uh, really, because I want to see who the new defensive coordinator is first to see, you know, what's his philosophy? And then they can kind of go out and match whatever his needs are. So until then, let's, I want to talk about the offense first. And most specifically, should USC, should Lincoln Riley be even considering 
a quarterback out of the transfer portal? And if he is, what does that say about, you know, what's behind Caleb Williams? Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action because the, the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, and it's just going to keep you coming back for more. Do you want to bet on the point spreads? They got it. Player prop bets, over-unders, and again, they got other ways you can bet as well. So visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on, and you can kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. So the health status of a college football program, I think it's really easy to uh, to kind of diagnose if you have trained eyes and you know what you're looking for. Did anybody happen to watch the uh, U.S. the Michigan Ohio State game? Really good competitive game. Michigan beat Ohio State for the third year in a row, and this time they did it without their head coach. That's right. Jim Harbaugh, what's your deal? If you're a USC fan, you know exactly what I mean by that. Jim Harbaugh was finishing a finishing up a three-game suspension for an alleged cheating scandal. If you're not familiar with what that is, he was apparently aware of one of his staff members going to other games, stealing signals, and then incorporating them into their game plan when they were ready to play that team. So once the other team called a play, Michigan knew exactly what defense to call. I'm not getting into that. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. You're Everybody is looking to steal signals throughout the season. I'm not saying what they did was kosher. I'm saying it's probably not the biggest deal in the world. With that said, I think... Um, what every college football program in the country wants inside its own locker room, you could probably find it in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That when someone's talking about having a winning culture, that's it. I mean, to say that Jim Harbaugh has his program, his program functioning on auto drive, that would probably be an understatement, right? I mean, think about that. He just watched his team beat their most hated, heated, bitter rival, Ohio State. And he watched him do it from the comfort of his own couch at home. I mean, again, if you want to know what a winning culture looks like, you don't have to you don't have to look any further than the Big Ten Conference. And that's what that's where USC starts next season. Their third game of the year is against Michigan. So my question is, is how long is it going to take to build a winning culture back at USC? It's not like it's a foreign concept. I mean, USC does have 11 national championships, eight Heisman Trophy winners. They brought in a hotshot new head coach, Lincoln Riley, offensive guru, genius, allegedly. We know that he knows how to coach really talented quarterbacks. But do we know if he knows how to build a team? 
when USC transitioned away from Clay Helton to Lincoln Riley, I'm not sure anybody, and myself included, uh, really understood how low USC's program had sunk. I mean, yeah, we've all watched four and eight. That's a pretty low bar. And we know the roster was void of talent, but that was only part of the problem. I don't think the roster was this void of talent to the point where they were able to bring in an influx of players through the transfer portal in year one, somehow or another trip and stumble their way to 11 wins. And then all of a sudden, year two, bring in even more better players and address needs on the defensive side of the ball and then somehow stumble and trip over themselves to a seven and five finish. I keep looking up to the Pacific Northwest. Kalen DeBoer, second year head coach at Washington. Didn't use the transfer portal as much as Lincoln Riley, but he used it. And it's not like Washington had four and five star talent up and down their roster. I look up at Oregon, Dan Lanning, younger than both DeBoer and Lincoln Riley. He used the transfer portal a lot, maybe a little bit less than Riley in the first two years, but he used a lot. He turned over that roster. But those guys were able to incorporate their winning their culture and get their teams to buy in in year one, and it carried over into year two. Washington's undefeated, 12-0. They're playing Oregon for the conference championship game that has one loss, 11-1. and one. They lost to Washington. USC is not that far away. But what's it going to take for them to have to understand and get that winning culture? You know, I, I, I get what Lincoln Riley talked about at Pac-12 Media Day earlier this year. How half the battle last year was just getting the team to believe that they're capable of of doing big things. And he and that's why he didn't put any limitations on them. Well, this year, USC came in with expectations. And somehow or another, they weren't ready for those expectations and the pressure got to them. And they just, bottom line, they weren't very good, especially on one side of the ball. But also on the offensive side of the ball, there was a lot of glaring weaknesses, specifically off the offensive line. So what's your deal, USC? What's it going to take? I'm not, I don't want anybody to interpret this that I'm saying it's time to move on from Lincoln Riley. No, not the case. I am asking the question though, why are other programs able, able to build off of early success in year one and turn that up in year two? It's just something to think about. Look, I know Jim Harbaugh left a lot of bad taste in USC fans' mouths. What's your deal when he ran up the score on USC? Obviously, he was the head coach at Stanford uh, when they knocked off Pete Carroll's team in 2007. What Jim Harbaugh knows how to do is build a program. It might take a little bit longer than USC, USC fans' patience. He did it at Stanford. He's doing it at Michigan. And I think that type of culture is what you want in your locker room. Look, Michigan can score points. They can play defense. 
but they believe in themselves. Look, in today's era of college football, I never thought I would see anybody at this level spend the entire second half running the ball, 32 straight plays on offense, not one pass, on the road at Penn State and come away with the win. Michigan believes they know who they are. It's team first, individuals second. It was never more evident than in that game against Ohio State. It wasn't a pretty game to watch. It was just a rough, tumble, physical football game. And I don't know that Michigan is that much better than Ohio State. They have more vet, they're more experienced at quarterback. And they play with a certain edge and a certain attitude on offense. They do not take no for an answer. If you need to run the ball, you run the ball. If you need to make a pass, you make the pass. It was fun to watch. And it was the complete opposite of what I saw when USC played Notre Dame and then at the end of the year against UCLA. I saw a team that cared, a team that wanted to win no matter what. I don't think I, I didn't feel that way this year. At one point did I think, did I say, you know what? This US team, they've got the will to win no matter what gets in front of them. You saw them fight. But once they weren't able to reach those lofty goals, those expectations, I think they lost some of their fight. And as the season went on, I didn't see that winning culture. And until that culture has embraced that USC locker room, or until that USC locker room embraces the the type of winning culture, the dedication that it's going to take, I don't know how long it's going to take. I know Lincoln Riley wants to get there. Maybe the new defensive coordinator brings it. I'll have more this week. This is just the first show of the week. Hopefully, the next time uh, I come at you with Locked on, at, on Locked on USC, I'll be talking about the new defensive coordinator. Recruiting's coming up. I'll have recruiting information. And as well, basketball season. So we'll dive into that more. But first, let's find out where USC's bowling. Let's find out who USC's new defensive coordinator is. And let's see how recruiting goes. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.